0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Gale Boys Law Firm, where we cover all types of horrible sex criminals, dictators, and general human scum. I'm Attorney Liam, joined as always by my wonderful bailiff and best friend, Jordan.
1: Hello, this is uh, this is our uh, Regal Eagle episode today. We're uh, talking about uh, one of the more interesting movies to come out of the 90s, but we'll uh, get into that in a minute.
0: Yes. Yeah, so this is reversal of fortune we've we've always wanted to do this movie uh but after uh, we talked about alan dershowitz last episode and the epstein deposition so we felt we need to bump this up and do it because we both rewatched it it's actually available for free on youtube if you know where to look for it and um it's it's a it's a very interesting movie both in terms of like uh, a legal thriller, but also an indictment of Dershowitz as a human being. Even though it portrays him as a moral center, it's 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 fascinating the way it's how it's aged badly, but also aged very well as a movie.
1: One of those movies that's uh, it's very ambiguous. We'll get into it, but uh, yeah, Dershowitz uh, he comes across as uh, not very really pleasant. I'll just say that. No. But, uh, no. Yeah. We'll, but... uh, yep, time to get into the news.
2: The problem with Ron DeSantis is that he needs a personality transplant, and those are not yet available.
0: We did have to delay the recording for a day due to some personal stuff, and I'm very glad we did because it was announced hours before we were about to tape yesterday that Meatball Ron, Ron DeSantis, has officially suspended his campaign, effectively ending any attempt at a Republican primary that doesn't have Trump as the frontrunner, so... Yeah, well, it was a yeah. six-month six campaign, complete waste of fucking time. Uh, it started poorly, it got worse, and now it ends with a whimper. And Desantis basically cucking to the knee and saying, "Yes, Donald Trump, I will support you as king."
1: After six months of uh, meatball Ron and, and uh, Rob Desantis, he's uh, he's bending the knee. I said it before, but you fucking you come for the king, you best not miss. This is probably like that. Most of this last six months is probably being like one of the most embarrassing presidential runs I've seen since Herman Cain. Herman Cain was like steeped in like irony humor for the Pokemon show. I believe these words came from
0: the Pokemon movie.
1: Yeah, the fucking DeSantis stuff. And, is, uh... and even
0: Jed, Jeb Bush, as bad as that was, you felt <laughs> almost sympathy for how poorly it was going. Yeah. You were like, you poor man. Uh,
1: Please uh, crap, folks.
0: Please clap. <laughs>
1: Up until now, please crap is like one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. In like a presidential hopeful, but yeah, the, uh, the 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 Twitter stuff, the the stuff of his shoes. He's wearing like like custom made cowboy boots of heels, and Trump was just dabbing at him mercilessly over that.
2: And I'm not wearing lifts either, by the way. I don't have six inches.
0: One of the things that knew we were in trouble was, A, the Twitter Spaces thing, because one Mm -hmm. of the biggest criticisms of him was, and we talked about this during that Twitter Spaces, was he was criticized by a lot of his donors for being way too online and his staff were being way too online because one of my other favorite things that came out, one of the the embarrassments of the DeSantis run was the and Rad video that went viral. <laughs> not for the reasons I think the campaign would have hoped for, because if you know what a Sonnenrad is, but then they found out not only was this made by someone who was employed at the DeSantis campaign, he was a speechwriter and he's best friends with Nick Fuentes, someone that even Trump is smart enough to not fucking associate with.
1: Yeah, that was uh one of the funniest uh trump things from last year when a uh, student tried to worm his way into mal lago and even trump was like get about get him the fuck out of here he's no good but, yeah it's uh if, if you don't know what a son is, look up like any photo of uh brave freedom fighter of ukraine and you're like 90 percent guarantee to see uh to see our nice black son on one of their uh, flak jackets. Literally
0: uh... the second, probably the second most famous Nazi symbol aside from the swastika. Quite possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's even, you know, it's one of those things. If you've watched even one Nazi documentary, you're like, oh, what's that? You've seen one. It's very, very famous. It's visual. And that video yes. in particular was hilarious because there was also like weathered Wojaks and Trump being cucked with a rainbow flag. It was that's who his campaign was for. It was not for the usual, like, Trump voter from the, the country. It was made for terminally online fucking 4chan Nazis. And that that does play well online, mm. not in a fucking major campaign. That's what Donald Trump understood. You know, keep those guys at arm's reach as much as you can.
1: The DeSantis, this whole PR thing revolved around a like appealing to the 4chan crowd I mean, you how know, he's like the most pro-israel presidential candidate running he basically had some like affirmative action thing for jews in florida where if you're like jewish you get a fucking like guaranteed uh government job there it's fucking uh oh, man it's a it's a beautiful zionist anti-semitism thing coming yeah. back into the uh to the forefront
0: yeah it's also it's also a problem when you're uh you know your candidate who's trying to bring back neocon conservatism is having public fights with bud light and disney two of the biggest mm-hmm. like capitalist brands in the fucking world and that doesn't look good if the whole and he's still on that like you know i hate pfizer even though again it, you you if you want to bring the republican party back to their roots you got to stop calling Pfizer the devil's fucking juice, you know, because, you know how much money they would fucking donate to us if we didn't do that? Same with fucking Disney. Like, Jesus Christ, man, (laughs) do you know what you're doing?
1: Anti-vax shit used to be within, like, the purview of uh, rich liberals like Jim Carrey and his wife. People tend to forget that, like, conservatives didn't sell the anti-vax stuff. It was like bimbo liberals fucking, like, a decade ago and beyond. Pretty much the entire right wing has just like they used to. You don't really see like that stuff now, which is why it's so weird talking about lockdowns. Like the last lockdown was was like two years ago? Yeah. And you're still fucking going on about how uh how you didn't shut down the beautiful bars. know I mean, Trump is out there fucking um they're just they're just going hog and everyone. He's uh. I love it. Uh, oh, man. it's
0: been fun. You know what? Because that's the thing about this primary. Uh Iowa took place last week and. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy went down, which, yeah. that was the funniest fucking thing. Of yeah,
1: he he tweets about how there's uh, only two genders and uh, men can get pregnant, and then he just eats shit immediately, well, like, zero fucking uh, electoral votes.
0: What got me was he went on, like, a 300-stop uh, tour, like, press tour in Iowa. He wanted to win this state, and every stop he went to was either... People complaining about his name, the fact yeah. that he was a Muslim, even though he is not a Muslim. Uh, one That's, guy uh, said, your wife has a fat ass, I gotta say that, like, just realizing very quickly that, you know, again, it plays well online, but the minute you're in bum fuck hick country, they don't give a shit how much you claim to be anti-woke, they see a brown man, and they run for the fucking hills.
1: Yeah. Well, my favorite was, uh, I can't remember who uh, posted it. But some uh, guy was doing election coverage there, and he said of a one Iowa Republican voter, uh, he doesn't trust Ramaswamy because of his surname, and he remembers nine (laughs) eleven. And it's like, do these guys think like India did nine eleven? I
0: mean, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. I've talked about this. The first hate crime that took place after nine eleven was against a Sikh.
2: Wasn't yes, even a just Muslim, a
0: just a Sikh guy, this poor fucking dude trying to do his job. And yeah, no, it wouldn't be the first time, but uh, it was, yeah. and the best part was the, the cherry on top was Trump going on Truth Social saying voting for him is a vote for the enemy. And again, Vivek still had to fucking sit down and yeah. cuck, cuck for his almighty ruler, because that's the, that's the end takeaway of this is that the Republican GOP tried desperately to find a replacement for trump and all of them didn't work and that's that's the ultimate uh end point is that trump is the gop now there is no gop it's just trump now because there is no enthusiasm for any of these candidates nikki haley's still gonna try to go to new hampshire but it's it's not looking good, especially with we we learned what her last name is, and Trump ha- called her a bird brain, which really made me chuckle.
1: It's also very funny because Trump went on some insane rant about her. Uh, Nikki Haley she was in charge of the uh, the Capitol Police in June sixth, and she she uh she did all this shit. Nikki Haley,
2: you know they d- did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything, deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it because of. Lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her ten thousand people, soldiers, national guards, so whatever they want. They turned it down.
1: You give me Nancy Pelosi, like Nikki Haley had nothing to do. That's what's so funny about Republicans rightly dabbing Biden for a noticeably decaying in real time, but Trump is like he's probably the most deranged I've, I've ever seen him. No, in he, last few he, days. He's,
0: he's it's going to be very interesting when he actually has to do a campaign cuz like right after right after Iowa he had to go back to court for the sex assault trial that uh EG Carroll that he's still on right now. So he doesn't even have time to stick around and enjoy the fruits of his victory. He has to go right back to court and how the fuck is he going to run a campaign if he's paying so much money to fucking lawyers and just and he's so visibly falling apart. Like it's going to be a rough fucking run. I like anything can happen. This is America, but it, it I, I don't see the... You know, we'll see. We'll see, because I can't yeah. predict the future on this one.
1: There was a photo recently where he has, like, lesions on his yes, hands. Yes, And I've seen, like, a bunch of reasons for it. Like, oh, he cooking, or he comes the, self-cooking, or the the funniest is uh, golf wins or something. He was <laughs> grabbing his golf club too tightly. That doesn't happen. I'm my, sorry. My
0: favorite of that was he was carrying the eight pizza boxes, and people thought... Yeah, he yeah. Co- like, man, that's... That's a lot, a lot of cope answers I've noticed. Which the pizza box one was hilarious. I'm like, if he's getting cuts from just holding cardboard, that's bad. That's some, that's some hemophiliac shit. He needs to go to a hospital. But uh, I, I think I, you, you brought up. We've had a theory for a long time. He has syphilis, or at least some yeah. type of sexual, like you said, the clap. And I'm starting to believe because uh, you know, I mean, there is like, I, I wouldn't shock me at all because one of his lawyers is like a really disturbing sycophant. And I wouldn't shock me at all if she's boning him on the side, boning this giant, fat 77-year-old man, and he caught something along the way.
1: Yeah, I'm not uh, speaking from experience, but I have seen lost regions, like STD regions, those sort of, like, untreated uh, stuff. I mean, we've talked about it before, but, like, Trump's approaching this, um, that's like, Al Capone stage in his life. But He's just like fishing in his swimming pool and stuff and ranting about how, um, how the toilets aren't working as good as they used to be. It's uh, yeah,
0: it's it's it's, it's,
1: it's gonna be fucking like the fact that we're like doing Biden versus Trump again, it's just insane to me.
0: I mean, I mean, what, what else are we gonna do? That's the problem right now <laughs> in America is that it seems like they never America never moved past 2020. After COVID, they're just stuck there. Like forever until one of these fucks keels over and, you know, and it's just, yeah, the fact we're doing this again. And honestly, I, I don't see, I don't really know who wins this time because between Trump's clear mental decline, Biden's loss of support. Um, I know a lot of Americans who aren't just gonna vote this year and I don't fucking blame them for staying home this year.
1: 2020 was a record voting participation because of COVID and Trump uh, tanking the economy. I'm predicting Either half or less than half, like maybe forty-five percent of the population, like turn out and vote. When when people realize it's just going to be those two again, they're just going to stay home. It's like, yeah, yeah fuck this. What's yeah. the point?
0: And you know, the I love other the liberals uh, like the constant theories that Donald Trump will enact a dictatorship when he's president. He can't even fucking give a speech. How the fuck is he going to do a dictatorship? That that theory is always so funny to me. Like this whole like he's going to enact a mass dictatorship. Yeah. The and, motherfucker can it, barely give a speech now
1: very funny if he tries that and it's just like the uh, the final years of the estado novel when uh like fucking salazar is uh trying to recover from alzheimer's so his uh party makes up a fake office to try and like pretend he's still the president it's uh yeah they make up a fake oval office for trump and just have like um have these little, like, Diet Coke button and stuff, but actually keep the reins of power away from, Yeah, you know. Here's
0: the thing, there's been theories that that's been going on now for a while. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me at all. Because that's the thing about Trump, he's just... He has no particularly... like, all the smart people in his circle are long gone. It's all sycophants mm-hmm. and maniacs, so... We'll see, but like I said, it's. A, I would not. I wouldn't be happy that Donald Trump won the primary here. I would say because he won the primary. Like we're just gonna predict the future. Nikki Haley loses the, the yes. New Hampshire's tomorrow. Recording this on Monday, but who the fuck cares? It's Donald Trump's gonna be the fucking nominee.
1: Yeah. I'm projecting uh, New Hampshire will just be a Trump coronation. It's not really just those two, and as soon as she drops out, it's it's just gonna be him. And the, the fucking Democratic primaries, it's basically the same. Like, what is it? Like Marianne Williamson? Like, give me a fucking break. It's, it's gonna be Biden again.
0: I didn't even know they had primaries for uh, Democrats. That's how little people yeah, about
1: it's, that. <laughs> it, it's fucking like say what you want about the uh, Republican caucuses. Like, those are actual like politicians whereas uh the democratic caucuses is it's Marianne Williamson, gang Hugo from the young talks uh cornell west and it used to be rfk but he's an uh, independent now yeah. which is a uh, very funny oh
0: no oh yeah, boy cornell west i know he was running he's in trouble with some shits so that's probably yeah. why but yeah what a what a who's who of nobodies um yeah so american politics will will update accordingly but um
1: it, it would be funny if um like Trump came out and gave his opinion on the uh, the Chabad tunnels. Oh, yeah. Fuck
0: yeah. All right. So I know
1: this. My, is... My, all... my, my good friends the Jews—they're telling me they're building secret tunnels. They're building secret tunnels under New York, and uh, <laughs> I, I went up to them and said, "What are you doing? What's uh, what's this all for?" And they said, "It's a surprise. You have to wait and see."
0: <laughs> okay. So we may—I know it's old news, but this story got my <laughs> imagination going crazy. So there is a synagogue in New York. Uh, There was huge, basically a a small-scale riot broke out here. And it turns out that this synagogue was digging tunnels. Like, we're in fucking Barbarian or People Under the Stairs or something. Like a horror film from the 90s. Just digging a small city under the synagogue.
2: Now add in a famous religious leader, Rabbi Menachem Schneerson. He died in 1994, but remains such a powerful symbol that a group of students here seemed convinced the late Rebbe, had commanded them to expand the basement synagogue, subject of a decades-long real estate dispute. The result, a makeshift tunnel that you may have seen on social media this week. Let's go, it also got the attention of the city's Department of Buildings and led to several arrests for criminal mischief and reckless endangerment. The DOB found the passage 60 feet long by eight feet wide by five feet tall had no approval or permits, had inadequate shoring, which risked the stability of neighboring buildings, so vacate orders were issued, and cement trucks showed up over the past 24 hours to plug the passageway.
0: And you know something weird's going on, because they all turned on these guys who were building these tunnels. In a tight-knit community like that, you protect your own. If you're willing to throw them that quickly under the bus, they were doing something very fucking weird.
1: We've dabbed on Christians a bunch because of all their like like a thousand insane denominations, but the Jews also have their like weird little sex with their own uh, version of the messiah. Uh, These guys, the Chabads, their second coming is some like hundred year old rabbi who died, and the tunnel thing was like, if they dig far enough they'll find him. The messiah will just be like chilling out in some fucking giant hole. And I'm just picturing the, um, they're like far enough, but instead of the rabbi, they just find Jeremy Irons from, uh, the time machine, the King Warlock.
0: I mean, that's as believable as what the fuck was going on in this. Cause this is, this, like, is it, I, I didn't know much about the, the Chabed uh, movement. And then I did some reading and I'm like, oh, this sounds completely fucking nuts. Okay. My curiosity is very much satisfied. We also bring up, uh, there's a lot of weird, uh, offshoots as well for Judaism. My favorite is still Black Israelites. That whole movement <laughs> is fucking insane. Uh, Kanye West was part of that for a while. There's a couple NBA players that are into it. Uh, here in Toronto, you walk by the street, you will find one, and they'll all just be saying the most horrible shit you could possibly hear publicly. That's the thing about a lot of religions is that when you have an, a, a group of people that is that old and that, like, you know, especially built upon... Stuff is malleable as religion. You get some weird shit. Like again with Christianity, like how many fucking death cults have been offshoots? The fucking Branch Davidians, fucking all that shit.
1: That's the thing about Judaism in particular. It's um, it's basically like a world unto of itself. And if you're not a part of it, then you just have no idea what the fuck is going on. I still don't know about like the actual story of the tunnels is, and I don't think anyone like well. Unless you were literally fucking, like, building them. It's one of those, like, weird esoteric things that outsiders aren't meant to understand.
0: I, I had a theory. That's why I brought up people under the stairs. Is this some, like, some weird... Like, we're gonna keep people in cages shit, because it's... Yeah. There was, like, there like, the like was...
1: like out QAnon was, right about the more people, but it was just the There's that one guy
0: during this riot where he just jumps out of a fucking sewer grate. You're like, where the fuck <laughs> did you come from? Like, it is, like, some people under the stairs shit. It was a yeah, very it's... fun weird moment and just like yeah i didn't get a lot of coverage and very little information actually came out what they found in these tunnels because i want to fucking yeah, know what was down there
1: if somebody came up to me and said there's secret jewish tunnels i would just assume they were the most anti-semitic man in the world <laughs> and then you actually see that shot and it's like oh that's um man yeah i have this theory that you, you you can gauge the state of the year going forward by like what the first big mainstream story is and uh, like, was it January fourth? Was the Jew tunnels? So it's uh, yeah, it's going to yeah. be um,
0: well, I mean, it's going to be
1: the year of the Jew. There's been a lot of uh,
0: a lot of people are getting very fucking conspiracy brained, and unfortunately, are probably going to get red pilled during this time. But it's 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 yeah, that that sets a tone very quickly of what the year is going to be. It's going to be the year of because this Palestine Israel shit is not going away at all. Not even fucking, South America, South Africa is leading the charge for fuck's sake, which is not a country you know for their decent treatment of other people.
1: If anyone knows about apartheid it's South Africa, like they had to deal with that shit for 300 years. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it's very funny seeing like Israel try to, try to die with that. Israel, by the way, um, along with uh, Britain and the United States, were the only three countries that supported apartheid, like, right until it collapsed.
0: Yeah, right until Lethal Weapon 2 came out, and the public <laughs> was like, wait a minute, I, I really do believe that was one of the catalysts that ended that.
1: I'm not, like, I'm like, a culture like, that's of of politics guy, but you'll occasionally get, like, like a media event that does shape politics. You, you, do, you don't see it often, but sometimes it happens. No, and, uh, I, I
0: have no proof that that did that, but it's hilarious to me. I like,
1: yeah, I like to think so. Like yeah, the amount it. of, yeah. like
0: right after, like six months after that movie came out, Nelson Mandela was freed from prison. And Prime
1: Minister of uh, star- South Africa just saw that movie and uh, was like, yep, we can compete. Starring a
0: man who is not a decent, loving human being at all, which
2: is even better.
0: What do you think of him? I mean, the, the heck with his guilt or innocence. What do, well, what do, you, what do you think of Klaus von I, Do you like him? Do you respect
2: him? I tried very hard not to like him. I don't like basically what he stands for in his lifestyle, and the Newport lifestyle, but it turned out that he is a very funny man, a very warm man, despite his austere uh, external Warmth appearance. Isn't, isn't an adjective that a lot of people would apply. It's amazing. When he was in there waiting for the jury to come back with their verdict in the second case, we sat there and we had this warm, funny conversation. Uh, you know, it's almost as if there are two Klaus von Bülow's and he presses a button when he walks into a room. There's the public, austere Klaus von Bülow, which he sits there, as his uh, a current uh, woman friend put it, as if he were a mortician with an umbrella uh, up his back. And uh, then there's the warm Klaus von Bülow, very caring. Uh, his daughter Cosima is much more like the warm Klaus.
1: But speaking of uh, Jeremy Irons uh, mansing around today's movie is uh, Reversal Fortune. One of the weirder movies to come out of the 90s. Yeah, yeah
0: this was a movie that I, I didn't read. I hadn't actually seen this until we said we were going to do it because I'd always been very much avoiding it because of the idea of an Alan Dershowitz written story where he's a moral center. No, thank mm. you. I'm good, but I would say this movie's a lot smarter than that. Um,
1: Oh, yeah. But but the way uh, Barbie Shoulder portrays all the characters in this, it's. um... It's by far, if you're telling that story, it's the best way you could possibly tell it. Yeah.
0: So, uh, might as well give a quick rundown of what this story is, for those who don't know. This is it's based on a book uh, by Alan Dershowitz, so no one here has fucking read it, uh, but it's it's based on the uh, Klaus von Buren case. Now, for those who don't know this story, he, he was kind of like this rich, he was one of those people that was basically just rich for rich sakes because he married this heiress that had all of this fucking money. What happened was they found his wife in the bathroom in a vegetative state. She did not die, but they had found that Klaus had insulin in his collection. Even though no one in his fucking family had diabetes, so why the fuck... And if you know anything about uh, medical stuff, insulin is a very, very easy way for... A lot of doctors, like Harold Shipman used insulin, the UK serial killer, because... It's a very easy way to kill someone and it usually doesn't show up on an autopsy report if you're not looking for it. So, he was tried for this, uh, was convicted of attempted murder and he then calls uh, Alan Dershowitz to come and basically say that my trial was bullshit, I'm an innocent man, and Alan Dershowitz takes this case, and this whole yeah. movie is basically him trying, this is an interesting movie because it starts off with him pretty, pretty, you know, he's, he's starting to think like, maybe this guy is innocent, and the further he reads, he's like, no, this guy's as guilty as shit.
1: Dershowitz yeah, is fascinating because he used to do, um, like, very good pro bono work for poor people, uh one of the side plots in this is um it's two uh, African American brothers that have been yeah. accused of um murdering someone and they're on death row. And then and then this, this fucking mincing European vampire Jeremy Irons comes along. I know I've been convicted already, but can you um like reverse my fortune? Can you do that for <laughs> me? And Dirshmans is like, yeah, fuck well, it. W- it I w- w- I I'll I'll drop everything for you.
0: I, I think this is one of the things I love about this movie is uh, Burbitt Schroeder uh, directing this is actually, this is a very good choice for him to do this because he directed uh, General India Min, A self portrait <laughs> which is one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Uh, for those who don't know, it's, it's the Criterion Collection has it. It was intended to be a propaganda piece for India Min, but what it is is it's maybe the greatest isolated portrayal of a complete fucking psychopath ever put on film. The scene that everyone remembers is the scene where they ask him about...
2: But is it true that you said Hitler didn't kill enough Jews during the war? (laughs) Why do you ask me about Hitler? The Hitler's problem is now past tense.
0: And you know, everyone's seen that clip. It's been memed endlessly, and there's so many amazing moments in that. Like the he plays like Doctor Doolittle with this fucking crocodile in the in the swamp. Uh but yeah, no, and he directed that. And he's also known for like he directed a lot of dark character dramas like Barfly, which has that's one of the best parts of the Canon Films documentary. Those
2: were the Canon kind of days where you had a meeting with Menahem, you had a 90% chances of walking away with a deal. When we
0: were in pre-production, we already had Mickey, we already had Faye. And they said, we're stopping the shooting unless you cut the budget and cut your fees.
2: So I have to find something to replace a lawyer and uh, I found the firm Black & Decker. Barbé went into Menachem's office with a chainsaw.
0: Vroom, vroom, vroom.
2: For
1: every day I don't get my movie made, I'm going to cut one finger and send
2: it to you. As a matter of fact, I loved it that he was ready to cut his finger. Because I am ready to cut anything, my balls, to make a film. He outsmarted Menachem, and that's how that movie got made.
0: They had this terrible kind of dichotomy about making what they thought were important films and then being able to sell them. Even if the movie was not a B-movie, the moment the Canon logo was showing up on the screen, oh, that's a Canon movie.
1: Uh, Bobby Schroeder's, um overall career is interesting. It's like half documentaries, half dark camera or dramas, and Universal Fortune is like the weird synthesis of this. It's based on just story, but there's a lot of... um nodding and winking to the audience like he doesn't just outright say if um was, uh, innocent or not I, I, but the way fucking jeremy irons plays that guy he's like he's dropping jokes like very in your face jokes about how you murdered his wife and you're just like yep uh-huh. I we, to... we're trying to get you off again i hate I hate, yeah. I hate
0: to go right to the end with that last scene uh. anything else yes a vial of insulin just kidding. I'm <laughs> joking. And then he winks at this poor woman, and she's like clearly startled by this, and the movie just fucking ends. And Jeremy, Meyer, this is, oh my God, I love this fucking performance. Um, the scene where they he first meets Dershowitz, Ron Silver, and he says,
1: I should tell you that I have the greatest respect for the intelligence and integrity of the Jewish people.
0: <laughs> Ron Silver just looks at him like, the fuck you just say to me?
1: I uh, I did some digging on a uh, Kraus von Bülow, and it turns out his dad was like a Dutch Nazi collaborator. Oh yeah, oh, that's really where yeah. uh, that's where Kraus got all his money from. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, of course, this fucking this European vampire is dropping one-liners about the Jews. He
0: was, he was. Uh, it's funny because this story was like. When I did some reading, this was basically, like, the original, like, true crime sleaze tabloid story. Rich people, did he, did he, did he, or did he not do it? And that doesn't, and that really is, like, the the thing with a lot of, especially, like, sleazier true crime stories like this. Menendez Brothers and shit like that. So this, this really was that, and especially, like... With the novel and like the way this story is kind of structured, like we're not saying he did it, but it, like there's the the scene where they show Jeremy Irons dragging Glenn Close uh passed out into the bathroom mm-hmm. with the fucking hat and gloves and shit. You're like, I think he uh, tried to kill her. I think the movie's pretty apparent about how it feels about Klaus's uh, innocence or guilt in this. It's a very
1: good performance. Uh, Irons wins the uh, Academy Award from it's very uh, well deserved. My favorite line is, um, it's him and his legal team are at the Chinese restaurant and view are like, What do you give a wife who has everything? An injection of insulin. And everyone's just looking at him like, dudes what? we're trying to get you off here, please stop telling <laughs> us you murdered your wife.
0: Uh, that's what I, that's one of the things that I, I love about, uh, the, the way this movie does is that this movie is, uh, it's not a comedy but it's very playful and very cheeky with the subject matter and like just portraying irons as this complete fucking lunatic who knows what he did and i will say this uh i think dershowitz is a horrible human being but ron silver mm-hmm. uh, really does a good job at making he's honestly more of a human being than fucking alan dershowitz is because he because it's like you know they show him playing basketball with his son They're having chinese food talking about the case he tells him about his hitler nightmare
2: reminds me of my hitler drink now, Hitler calls up. He's alive. Needs a lawyer. I say, sure, come on over. Then I have to decide: do I take the case or do I kill him?
0: And Rod Silver is such a, a strange actor. He never really got the credit he deserved. But uh, my favorite performance he ever did was still Blue Steel, where he's basically yeah, playing no. not Michael Myers because I like to believe that's a Halloween sequel.
1: He's basically playing like a like a Patrick Bateman Terminator. He's some, like, rich hedge fund guy that's uh, going after Jamie Lee Very underrated 80s action movie, I think.
0: But speaking of uh, Patrick Bateman, that actually runs into a comparison about this. So this film is produced by Edward uh, Pressman, who was a producer on American Psycho. And this has (laughs) a very American Psycho tinge to it in the way it sort of satirizes all these rich people and how not self-aware they are. Jeremy Irons has several scenes in this movie that are basically the I work in murders and executions scene when he's in the bar, Patrick Bateman is. Just straight up admitting, yeah, I kill people. No one seems yeah. to acknowledge this or want to and Dershowitz is the only guy, Ron. Is anyone else hearing this shit but me?
1: So My favorite is uh, Christian Baranski has a uh... As a Jeremy Irons, like ultra wasp uh, girlfriend. <laughs> not sure, her first line is like, I made him. Hi, are you? <laughs> Get the Jew, I
0: said. Like, come oh, on. come on. Because uh, Jeremy Irons is one of those guys. I, re- I recently saw The Beekeeper, uh, Jason Statham's new movie, and he gives a hilarious straight man performance in that movie. He seems on the surface classy, but he's very good at like. Playing like the sleaziest type of people.
1: About 90% of, the, of his uh, performances, he's just playing himself. Like, if you see the Lion King, there's a fucking reference to this movie in that. You're a
2: very strange man. You have no idea. You're so weird. You
1: have no idea. And that's a fucking, <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. like half through this movie. Dare uh, shows it's just like that I can't defend someone I don't fully trust. You're a very weird man, Mr. Van Well, I mean the scene. What uh, the fuck they, does that mean? They
0: they bring up the disappearance of his wife at one point, because for those who don't know, oh, I yeah. Dershowitz's wife um As also his, uh,
1: first wife died under very mysterious circumstances.
0: Yeah. So that ends up like that's the thing about this movie that I love is that Mermit Bur- Schroeder, it feels like he was on the same boat uh Paul Verhoeven was when he made Starship Troopers. He took this novel written by someone he deeply despises and went out of his way to basically shit on them while making a movie out of it. Because it it very much has that vibe of someone who is a lot like he could like someone who made this could have easily made a very boilerplate Dick Wolf style. Good guy gets the good rich man off of murder, but Burbett's smarter than that and portrays these guys as... Both these dudes are scum, but in very different ways, because you have that scene at the end where um, Dershowitz just says to him,
2: Legally, this was an important victory. Morally, you're on your own.
0: They do end up, the appeal works, and they get the, the uh, convictions uh, overturned, but even he's like, yeah, he definitely did that shit, and I just helped this psychopath get off murder.
1: Jeremy Irons is like, oh, great news, Owen, great news. Uh, we should hang around for one time at uh, Delmonica's. It's very funny he won't hang around with Christoph Bula, because, like, <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein.
0: You know, it's, it's so funny that Jeremy Irons, you know, would win an Oscar playing a character like this, because Jeremy Irons is a weird fucking guy, not even just, you know, with the roles he takes, but uh, very famously, he did this interview where he, he basically said he he doesn't like gay people by comparing it to incest
1: does that apply to things like gay marriage for you i mean the, the last week we the supreme court was hearing defensive marriage act uh, you know basically they're going to be deciding on gay marriage this same year. as we are in england yeah i don't how know. far does it extend well it's a very interesting one that and, and i don't really have a strong feeling but i see that could a father not marry his son Uh, Well, there are laws against incest. It's not incest between men incest is there to protect us from having um, uh, uh, In uh, But um... but, but men don't breed therefore they so incest wouldn't cover that now if that was so Then if I wanted to pass on my estate without death duties, I could marry my son and Pass on my estate to him. No, that sounds like a total red herring I'm sure that I'm sure that incest law would still cover same-sex marriages. Really why? Yeah, because yeah, I don't think that incest law is only justified on the basis of, uh, of the consequences of for procreation I think it's is also it... I think there's also a moral approbation that's associated with incest uh, But I think it comes from from yeah, it probably does
2: originally.
1: Yeah, a moral approbation. I mean, I think the lawyers are gonna have a field day with same-sex marriage I just guess they are. I I don't have a strong feeling either way. He's talking to some guy about, like, gay marriage has just been made uh, legal in the UK. And he's like, oh, if uh, two men can marry, can a mother father uh, marry his son? And it's like, what did?
0: Uh, my my favorite part of that whole fucking interview, that clip in particular, is like I don't have a strong opinion on it at all. Meanwhile, he just went on like a three minute diatribe about gay people fucking is like a father and son having sex. It's one of like the weirdest. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 makes me under it makes me kind of understand why he because that's the thing about Jeremy man's We always say he's playing himself, but. The amount of characters he plays and who he's playing himself is always what fascinates me. I'm like, what? What aren't you telling me, Jeremy? What, what is? What about your personal life and your morals? Are you <laughs> hiding from us?
1: Yeah, you were a Scar in the Lion King, the gayest fucking Disney film. Why are you uh, shitting on gay people here? Come on, man. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> actually,
0: actually, still no my
1: idea. favorite uh, Jeremy Irons story is um, he had just like bought a castle in Ireland some like fucking massive castle in the middle of nowhere and he had to do dungeons and dragons to pay it off.
0: You know what, we won because that's my favorite Jeremy Irons performance. <laughs> no joke, like everyone, you've all seen the clips but it's... Great. That's what I mean about Jeremy Irons, I, I may think he might be a scumbag in real life and I, I do not agree with a lot of the shit he says but... He gives a performance that saves an entire fucking movie from just being unwatchable. You can control dragons. With the Dragon Army at my command, I can crush the empress and control what is right for
2: you. I can that. you good. I can use every ounce of your rage.
0: It's only watchable when he's on screen, but my favorite clip of that is still the one where... Um, he, like, there's a, there's a scene where the other girl is underacting, so Jeremy has to overact to compensate for the oh, lack of chemistry. <laughs> I <laughs> ask you one last time. Will you submit to the ruling of this council and relinquish your sceptre?
1: He's very, like, dour and, uh, deserved. And Irons is just, like, chewing the fucking scenery. Like, oh man, that's... We might have to do that at some point. That, that movie's fucking weird. It's, um, it was made by New Line Cinema. And then they, you know later, or they come out of Florida, floored at the rings. I mean, it's also it's, like, oh.
0: it's also we're doing because the director and the producer Courtney Solomon has a long history of being kind of scumbag, and like mm-hmm. he was uh, founded Dark Castle, which did a whole bunch of like low budget horror films. He's only directed three movies, but he has like a
1: yes, there's no Dungeons and Dragons related.
0: But a producer's oh. credit is like two hundred movies. It's a he's a fascinating mm-hmm. man, but yeah. Uh, but and it's also like that movie is a weird cast too. Bruce Payne, who I know is the, oh. villain of passenger 57 Marlon Wayans is in this movie it, it, and just the flaw of even trying to make a movie on Dungeons and Dragons. Is- yeah, we may have to do it as a fucking episode because it's, it's a weird, weird artifact of its day, but, uh, yeah, no, but to go back to, um, uh, the film, uh, what, what are the things that again, really bothers me about this movie is Alan Dershowitz being the moral center of this movie, because we you, we brought this, you brought this up. How the fuck can you think this guy is evil and then go and fucking defend fucking Jeffrey Epstein?
1: There was a remark he was gonna serve on his uh, council the second time he got got, right before he committed suicide. Come on, dude. Well, I mean... You, 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 you've you already been caught with your fucking pants down. Why are you doing that? Well, I
0: mean, the, the, this is a lot of ways to me. This whole case, the Von Bue case, kind of feels like... This is almost a village, villain origin story for Dershowitz, because... Oh, yeah.
1: Von Buu is very much his gateway into, like, high society stuff and fucking Epstein. It's, like, right at the center of it.
0: And then he does OJ, He quote-unquote dream team of lawyers he had... Um, I think he did some work with John Gotti. I, he's never said it, but every fucking New York lawyer has done work for John Gotti, whether they'll admit it to or not. Uh, he also did, um, yeah, did, was Trump's lawyer, all that. He has a lot of, if you I'm look at the, yeah, if you look Bill Clinton, if you look at the people he defended, it's a, it's a very who's who of like, you know what you're fucking doing, buddy. Jim Baker, I have the list here. Mike Tyson during the rape trial where he went to prison for three years. Uh Patty Hearst, uh Julian Assange, mm. Jim Baker, just I'm sure they paid him very yeah. handsomely too. That was partly why he took those cases. Cause why would you defend Bill Clinton and then defend Trump unless you're a money hungry bastard?
1: Yeah, unless you have like no real political beliefs you're purely just there for the money. That's what's so funny about this movie. Is that uh, Dershowitz is like very um Mr. Morals. He's like, Oh, I'll defend everyone regardless if they're guilty or not. And it's just like, yeah, the people he goes on to defend is like, you know, they're fucking guilty. You know, they should be in fucking jail. But you still like, uh, one of my favorite piece of Dershowitz law is when Epstein first got, got uh, Dershowitz managed to get him a very, very uh, sweetheart prison sentence, works from home, and then spends like like nights in prison. And he had to do that for like six months. And fucking Dershowitz is like, my biggest regret is that Epstein had to spend one day in prison.
0: Uh, come on, man. <laughs> You know, I think it's also like going back to the film. There's a, a great example of that where um, one of the students on his law firm basically calls him an asshole for taking this case. There's that whole scene where she gives a very big, like almost public speech about how you should know better, Dershowitz, and then just walks <laughs> out. And that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie of watching this guy slowly begin to throw his morals. Because he's getting... They have the lunch scene where he's talking about, how much do you want an hour?
2: $300 an hour. Good Lord. You know, I used to be a lawyer in London. That
0: sounds a bit steep. Lawyers are are very much vampires in that they will take any case if they can make a shitload of money off it. Johnny Cochran knew damn well OJ killed those two people and made the whole thing like, this is a setup, this is a sham. He knew damn well he was guilty and didn't give a shit because it was... Good PR for him and OJ and just all, and it was right after the LA riots too. It was a fucking amazing opportunity that he wasn't just going to take away, you know? He was going to use that for all of its political juice.
1: One of my favorite scenes in this is when uh, Fisher Stevens, who's this, uh, like, mincing, uh, interior designer, who's also, like, a pimp, he likes as a like, Chi Society pimp. I love that character. He goes to that. yeah, he's so, he's so fucking funny in this. Like, yeah. This this fucking like gay weasel that fucking tries to blackmail people. He goes up to uh, a Oh
2: We can't use your affidavit unless it's truthful. Are you sure this time? I swear. On the body and soul of my mother. Poor boy. Put in this change and make him go over every word of the affidavit. Can I use your men's room?
0: Fisher Stevens is such a, a fascinating character actor. Uh, he was also... I know him best for Short Circuit, where he plays in Brownface. He's also in Secession, basically playing a slime ball in that mm. as well.
1: Secession hackers, this... The rest of the cast is uh, very... We haven't talked about Grand Force yet. Yeah, she, his, um... she
0: spends a lot of this movie on her deathbed, basically. Uh, yeah. She does get an amazing scene where... She's the night before uh, she has her overdose. uh, She's basically telling Klaus, you know, be a fucking man. That scene is amazing because it really shows how cold blooded Jeremy Irons' character is. He's watching the woman he supposedly loves have a breakdown from him. He's just standing there. And she says my favorite line in the whole movie Say something. Do something. Be a man. I already have a butler. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, because Glenn Close is one of those people who's been around, but, like, she's seen as, like, one of those great, classy actresses, but all of her best movies are where she's playing complete fucking psychos between this and um, A Fatal Attraction with the bunny mm. and the fucking pot and shit. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan.
1: Yeah, you you either know Glenn Close, like, your 101 Dalmatians, or Fatal Attraction, and, and those <laughs> two characters are <laughs> basically just the same. Yeah, um, <laughs> Close has, uh... One of my favorite lines in this. uh, You marry me for my money and you still want to work. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) what the fuck? You're fucking parasite.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just that this movie, you you said it's ambiguous. I don't think it's ambiguous at all. I think they fully make this guy a complete scumbag. And the film, like I said, the film doesn't outright say he did it because I'm assuming they'll sue the fuck out of him. But they're definitely going for a... um, Very much trying to put in the audience that this guy did it. And in a lot of ways, I mean, you know, he was found guilty and then all of a sudden won on appeal. That happens with so many people like this. These rich guys who can pay for these fucking lawyers, I mean... You know, it's the same thing with, like, again, we brought up OJ. Like, he would have been found guilty if he hadn't had the, some of the highest paid lawyers and Dershowitz in the country helping him, you know. And even Johnny Cochran told him not to take his pills the night before he put the glove on so his hands would be shaky and he couldn't do it. Yeah, these people yeah. know what the fuck they're doing.
1: Yeah. We, we say, Rich, uh, this crime took place in the 80s. Uh, Klaus von Beulah was only worth like a million. Uh, his wife was worth 14 million. Yeah. The fucking lifestyle they live, that insane fucking massive mansion oh, they the, live, the opening of, a, shot. of a fucking income of like 14 million, it's like, the man. The
2: opening
0: shot where it's a helicopter shot of all the um, all the mansions and shit in the neighborhood, and they show Klaus with his mistress on the boat. And, you know, they're going to all these... Risks. Yeah, how the fuck are they living this life if they're not just skimming off the top from people? By the way, I want to bring this up because eh, I brought up the helicopter shot. The guy who shot this, uh, Lu- Lucio uh, Tivoli, uh shot uh, Suspiria. He used to shoot for fucking uh, mm-hmm. Dario Argento. And it, this movie does have some horror tinges to it with some of the lighting choices, all the stuff in the hospital and... Even some of the stuff later on with like with uh, outside in the night and shit.
1: Oh, the flashbacks are very, um, are very like hot or tented. Like you talked about the scene where fucking Jeremy Irons is dragging Close, oh, yeah. uh, into the fucking um, bathroom. The bathroom. A private sanctuary, yeah. Sunny's Sonny, uh, bathroom was a private sanctuary. Nobody went in there except me when I was uh, <laughs> when I was trying to kill her. Yeah, this is the 80s when there was like maybe five billionaires. The insane level of wealth and influence you could have if you had a million dollars in the bank account is now, kind I'm... of unfathomable now.
0: That That's one of the things I think in a lot of ways this movie... This movie holds up and it doesn't because yes, it's about Dallin Dershowitz, but also that idea. Yeah. of like just having 14 million, $14 million is nothing now. You can't, yeah, influence, you can't get off a murder charge with $14 billion. You got to have Elon Musk money to do that. And the idea of socialites too, was kind of a, like, this was the era of like the lifestyles of the rich and famous before we realize they're all dirty perverts and scumbags because that was still like people thought in the 80s you could still work to have that if you worked hard enough not realizing it was all a fucking game and they were lying to you but that, at the time the the allure yeah, of that that's... lifestyle was still it was a possibility for people now it's just a pure fucking fantasy
1: that was the uh the spell breaking managed to cast on everyone it's like yeah if you uh if you work hard enough, you too can have your own wasp mansion no unless your dad was a fucking nasty collaborator you're you're not getting a million dollars in the bank.
0: I love the fact the the fact that his own children fucking despise him like there's the one scene we very rarely see the daughter, but she shows up maybe once or twice in the film. It's like my own children hate me because. I tried to kill their mother, and yeah. that's always the weird, that's the weird thing. Like, his whole family fucking hates him. That's another thing I love, is that even the rich, spoiled brat yeah. parents, the uh, kids look at this and think, like, you're an asshole, Dad, fuck you.
1: Yeah, you've got that brilliant wine when um he first meets Dershowitz, and he takes him to lunch. In America, it's fame rather than class. Now, after all this unpleasantness, I always
0: get the best.
1: Even if you get accused of killing your wife, that's so fame, you know. Well, I mean,
0: that's another thing. Going back to uh, sort of the creative people behind this, this is Oliver Stone also produced this film. Oliver Stone's quickly becoming like a real mm. like we've been doing a lot of Oliver Stone stuff recently, but like this is that's a mindset of like yeah, Oliver Stone. That's that's very much like a nat- like something he would he would go into a in natural born killers is money doesn't matter. It's fame, you know. Famous people, if you're. Like, you, you can get famous on TikTok now and get in a five-star restaurant with no fucking thing. Like, back then, though, to get fame was, like, be a celebrity, be a politician, or horrifically try to murder your wife. Now it's... You could be famous for fucking anything.
1: Yeah, everyone gets, that uh 50 minutes of fame when it's in the 80s. You had to uh, kill your wife for it. Yeah, you, had uh, to, you had to do... Man, whatever. what a fucking demo spiral.
0: It's, it, is it better or worse now? I think it might be kind of worse. Uh... Because there are people who are famous and yeah, it, do not fucking deserve it, I would argue, even more back then.
1: Because even, like, the Bumpurlil stuff, as much as I hate true crime, that's always fascinating. Whereas they like... Yeah, like, any dub of for TikTok you can get, like... Well, King could just get fucking YouTube famous even, now. Uh... Even
0: even even true crime now, even though like just kill enough people horribly, you'll have some YouTuber in a deep voice yeah. and then he cut her head off and he'll get a million views. At least the Bumbu stuff is interesting because there is that deniability. Did he do it? Did he not do it? And his character is so fucking weird and creepy. And yeah, no, there's actual interesting stuff to it, and you can pick it apart. Whereas like most True Crime now is just he's a horrible rapist, and here's why. It's like I don't. That doesn't interest yeah. me. I don't want to hear the gruesome details of people being murdered. This is way more interesting to me. Like, two rich dick dickholes who got enough of each other, and one tried to kill the other. That's that's interesting. Like what the fuck happened here?
1: so to uh, to wrap this up uh the way this movie ends uh right before you have the fucking uh the nod and winking uh insulin scene at the end Grand Cross is like yep so that was my story um <laughs> nobody knows the truth except me and the only way you'll be able to find out is if you uh, go to where i currently am him actually the only man who knows if von Bulah was guilty or not is Dershowitz and he's taken that secret to his grave of him
0: yeah well, that and von yep yeah. and um yeah the other thing that I love too uh, that's something uh... that we did to continue the true crime rant I love that the most of this film is from the perspective of the victim because you see so much true crime stuff now and it's all like lurid. It's so funny, like the more respectful they try to be, the more lurid and gross I find them. Like one of the things i become obsessed with is watching like bad like TV movies mm. about serial killers because I find them so fascinatingly disgusting. Wow, no one here has any taste at all. This one at least like, they try- they they do it from her perspective and they like try to make her sympathetic even-
1: She's not really like portrayed sympathetically, she's this um- like very angry uh, drunk who is uh, hyperglycemic, but is drinking like fourteen pitchers of fucking eggnog, or oh, she's shouting at her family to life her f- alone. So I was, would, I wouldn't say she's sympathetic, but yeah, she doesn't deserve to fucking no, but, like, wind she, up as a vegetable thanks to her husband. Least,
0: by the way, that scene where she just keeps drinking and drinking, I watched that. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. And mm. I thought, oh no, this is gonna end so bad. Yeah, Glenn Close is very good at portraying very damaged women as, again, fatal attraction. I guess we could put 101 Dalmatians in there as well. I mean, she wanted that fur coat, man. She wanted that fucking fur coat.
1: And that's, uh, what's her verdict? I don't know. Quote on Bueller. Ah, oh,
0: he's a guilt. he's guilty as shit, and I hope he's burning in hell right now. But, um, uh, <laughs> the film itself, I think it's It's a weird movie. It's, it's, it's not really, um, it's a movie I would definitely say is worth a watch because it's a lot smarter than what it could have been, which could have just been this very like Dick Wolf cop, like every, like the good lawyer and the innocent man, whereas Burbett is much more smarter. I think spending time with dictators will do that to you. You realize the grand scope of human evil and it's more than just one person and two people like there's a whole system that leads this kind of shit to happen and i think yeah i think it's worth a watch because it's it's so much smarter than just your average murder mystery courtroom drama there's 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 layers to it it's very funny at points it's stylish as hell it's very it's a very very solid movie so yeah i would definitely give it a good recommend
1: I would recommend it as well. You don't to see movies like this anymore. These like mid-budget uh, character dramas with very stat casts. That's usually confined for like a twenty-four schlock, mm-hmm. And I do, I do miss some um, like docu dramas from the nineties. Well, I mean, that not... was like the heyday of of shit like this. But um, so yeah, so that was uh, that was reversal fortune, uh, Born and Hell, Quo, you're down there with, uh, with Epstein and uh, Fisher Stevens.
0: Oh, so, fish, fish. <laughs> Fisher's not dead, but give it time. <laughs> give it time. All right, but uh, join us next uh, time. Yeah. We, we have some bonuses coming up. Um, until then, God bless and take care.
2: Professor, let's just not talk about a hypothetical. I just just I don't go back. Previously, you said it doesn't have to be a crime. If the guy if the if the person in office completely corrupts the office of president and who abuses trust, and poses a great danger to our liberty, that is impeachable. Now you're saying criminal like so you're not so corrupting the office of the president is that in your criminal light or criminal like no uh, no it's not so and that, not. Was so, so, that was rejected that was rejected by the so you, were Look, ba- I ha- saying you were wrong you were wrong back then i was saying that i'm much more correct right now having done all research because that's that the mean? issue yeah, no. what bro what are you talking about man